Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this how-to episode, I invite Sherry Lynn from Sherry Lynn Counseling, and she and I will be talking about breaking free from toxic cycles. Sherry Lynn, welcome. Hi, Dr. Patty, and thank you for having me here today on Experience Jesus. It's such a blessing to spend this time together. Wonderful. Well, you're very welcome. Please introduce yourself to the audience. Hi, everybody. I'm Sherry Lynn with Sherry Lynn Counseling, and I provide a nationwide narcissistic abuse healing hub to help believers overcome toxic relationships, overwhelm anxiety, stress, and career blocks, and emotional eating and mood food connection that we might have learned to comfort ourselves uh, along with illnesses and autoimmune conditions without years of counseling. Um, my counseling programs are all Holy Spirit led by the blood of Jesus, which is the only way that works. I'm a board certified biblical counselor, a stress management and domestic violence counselor, and a holistic nutritionist. And I've been serving since 1995. Well, welcome. Thank you. Let's begin with defining what you consider a toxic cycle. Well, there's actually two cycles of abuse. And both deeply affect our children who see it all happening in real time, one of which most people are not even fully aware of. The first cycle of abuse, as I see it, is an ongoing pattern of behaviors that are meant to control and overpower another person and throw them off center, causing the victim to feel powerless in every sense of the word. And this occurs in different stages and in many different ways that the abuser is skilled at using according to what and when they want to accomplish at that moment. And all this keeps the survivors locked in the abusive relationship. Sounds like it's all very manipulative, whether they realize that that's what they're doing or not, right? Oh, absolutely true. If I can go into the second cycle and you can see how the manipulation can take root in somebody's life, but not just their life, but generationally. So the second cycle of abuse, as I see it, is the cycle that repeats itself generationally uh, when the victim is, is finally able to leave a toxic relationship and then begins dating again without going through healing and counseling to eradicate and get delivered from the very roots of why they chose that first relationship to begin with. Then the chances of repeating the cycle of abuse without counseling is extremely high in the new relationships, thereby repeating it in families generation by generation. See, and this includes not only in personal relationships like marriages and fiancés and parents and siblings, but also in the workplace with business partners, employers, and co workers. Because leaving a toxic relationship and jumping right into another seemingly good relationship, in most cases, is just like a band-aid. But now with all that being said, I do have many clients who the Lord has led to stay in their marriages for a season for many different reasons while they work on themselves and get healed before moving on. And doing it this way is definitely done in God's strength, because as you might imagine, it can be very challenging to accomplish this while living with the abuser, but it is possible. I approach this with Jesus in many different biblical ways based on 
what exactly each person is going through at the time in their situation. And of course, that's different with each person, but it's very possible. And it's also sometimes necessary to work on that as separated from that circumstance. Oh, yes, I do both. (laughs) Because sometimes they just don't have any reserves to deal and work on their own behavior when they're under constant abuse. Yes, and they can't see clear of it. There's almost like a veil in front of their eyes. As a matter of fact, in, in some of my counseling sessions, so that my client can get a good grip that there has been a veil put over them. It's mm-hmm. a it's their survival mode for that season of their life. Right. I have them name the veil. Let's name it. Mm-hmm. So we can embrace it and become familiar with it so we can break it off eventually. That's kind of a good lead in. What are some of those veils? What are those some of those bondages people might not see? Yeah. That, that- are leading to the cycles? The majority of the types of bondages I frequently see in my clients are people-pleasing, shame, feeling invisible, that their opinions just don't matter, not being appreciated, not feeling loved, dealing with critical people, not able to trust, fear of rejection. And these bondages must come out so that God can work with a clean vessel, not in a vessel that is clogged up because we see in 2 Timothy 2 and 21 that Paul writes that a Christian can become a vessel for honorable use by separating himself from sin. Clean, set-apart vessels are useful to the master of the house. Mm. The master is a reference meaning, you know, to the Lord, that those set apart as holy are ready for every good work. Right, so... If people are really spending every ounce of energy surviving in a relationship like that, they are not capable of being the vessel that the Lord designed for them to be. And so they need to be healed and they need to be broken free in order to be useful for the kingdom. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that becomes the main focus. Mm -hmm. Always having my clients to keep their eyes up no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that becomes kind of tricky because if they're still in the abuse, that becomes kind of a fight within themselves. And so that's where I come in and I keep them 500% focused on what their role is as a child of the Most High King. Mm-hmm. And that's what we concentrate on. And that's the motivation that becomes the motivation of their heart. That becomes their stronghold, not the abuser, because in most cases, the abuser becomes their stronghold and their God. That's what can happen uh, with chronic stress, when chronic stress develops over uh, years of putting up with this type of situation. You know, it's interesting that you talk about fixing your eyes on Jesus. You're basically saying what you need to do is, is to lift your chins up to the Lord and not fix your eyes on the circumstance or the abuser at the moment. And that is very consistent with the model that the Lord has given me about choices. Mm. And he taught this model to me about the spirit, the soul, and the body, and how fixing your eyes on Jesus connects you with the spirit, which gives you the positive influence that can affect the soul and body. So when you have God's perspective then he can cause you to see your abuser from a different standpoint. The trigger line is sort of this trigger moment where 
you know, uh, something happens and you can either choose to fix your eyes on Jesus or you can choose to fix your eyes on that person and the abuse and the victim mentality that goes along with that. And so if you fix your eyes only on worldly or natural things, trusting in headly knowledge, then your soul is effective negatively. Oh, yeah. There is no power to transform you. So it's that stuck point that you're talking about, Sherry, where you need to choose, don't you, to fix your eyes on Jesus and not the circumstance in order to find his perspective and his power, because healing is nothing more than the truth and the power of that truth to set you free. It's a choice. Absolutely true. Absolutely right, true. Right. So share now about some of those ways that you get people to be able to see that veil and tear it off. So that oh, choose oh Jesus and his perspective. Okay, sure. I approach it with Jesus this way. Uh, and this is just one of the ways, but sometimes, well, one of the top scriptures that I give my clients to pray on at the very, maybe the very first session, or even on the very first call before we even decide to work together, because this will help them to a little bit to see through that veil of survival that they've been living with, is 1 Corinthians 7 and 15, which says, But if the unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. So I... I instruct my client to take a deep look at the relationship that this is happening in and to ask themselves, hasn't he or she or has he or she already left because they're acting as an unbeliever? I also teach them to think and say this on a regular basis, and that would be, I know what I hear and I know what I see, so that they can more quickly tune up their spiritual hearing and quickly recognize, for example, when they're being thrown off center, when they're feeling controlled, rushed, drained, exhausted while in the presence of the other person, being lied to, being manipulated, things feeling one-sided. And then I go into teaching my clients how to assert themselves lovingly as a child of God for their specific situations. Because in most cases, people raised up in toxic families have just learned to react. They've never really learned healthy ways of communication or to respond or to react or to cope with the very people that we have to be around. So we do a deep dive into removing the old wineskin patterns before we can walk into our new wineskins. Yeah, so it is about helping them understand the truth of their Christ identities right? That's right. I mean, the Lord Jesus died for you to live Romans 8, the life in Christ Jesus, which is yes. life, right? Yes. Died for. And so many people, so many Christians don't realize they have the authority to choose a different thing. You know, they can choose and they can say, no, you know what? I'm a princess of the king. You don't treat me like that. Yeah, the reason why they're having trouble saying no is because of all the massive confusion that they're living with or dealing with, even if it's in the workplace, or maybe they're not living with their mother or stepmother or, or siblings or children. But whenever they see those people at family functions and or have to be on the phone with them, 
because all has been unhealed from the past, that it comes raging forward during those phone calls or having to sit across the dinner table at them. And so all those years of unresolved grief and unresolved problems, can you imagine how much easier it is when all of that has been resolved and worked through and be and the person is delivered of it? Now they can sit at that dinner table during the holidays and effectively, with God doing the battle in the background, of course, but fight this thing and in love. And that's what I teach them how to do. Very good. Okay, so share a little bit of success stories, some people who have been free and and what happens when they are free. Because part of, I think, what people need to know is that God does not want you stuck in this position. And actually he has a picture for you of a free and vibrant life. And tell us some stories of people living that life. Okay. I can share one of my dear entrepreneurial clients who has said in part, my time with Sherry has allowed me to sleep better and be more productive in my new business as well as creating sustainable habits to keep my stress at a healthy level. And that was when she said she would highly recommend me to anyone who wants someone who's kind and has a listening ear with effective solutions. Another one of my clients and dear friend mentioned that in counseling with me, her life has completely changed in a short amount of time that uh, she had been to five Christian counselors over the years, and they were all very good, she says, but that my counseling techniques are unique, completely different and effective. Someone else has written in that they said, before I started counseling with Sherry, I frequently talked about committing suicide and ending it all. But Sherry got to the roots of my anxiety and depression and abuse of childhood and marriages and all the stresses with her daughter and all the stresses and that she no longer feels that life is not worth living that the results were so quick, within a few sessions, she was already feeling joy and happiness and the desire to go on in in her life. And all I can say is, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. When I hear something like that, it just sings to my heart. Yeah, it makes it all worthwhile, doesn't it? I love the story about the person that says, I can know joy. Oh, yes. Kingdom emotion that is not found in external circumstances. Yes. For someone to go from toxic, horrible external circumstances as their every day to a place of being able to say, I know joy. Mm -hmm. That's huge. That's right. And this particular client also had problems with her legs. And um, during some of the sessions, uh, we were in person in my office at, in those years at the time. And we would just, both of us, because she was a strong believer and is a strong believer and uh, very seasoned. And we just both laid hands on her legs. And do you know that she went from hardly being able to walk with the cane to almost not needing the cane when that joy moment hit? Mm-hmm. She was like released in her body. And it was just, oh, it was just a moment that I can't even tell you. Uh, we both broke down in tears. It was wonderful. You know, there's an episode that I did about joy. And the Lord had given me a vision with that experience. This was right around Christmas time. And people were talking about how they just, you know, oh, where's the joy in the season? 
And the Lord had had responded to that with, well, your eyes are fixed on the commercialization and not on me. If you if you fix your eyes on me, you'll find the joy. Well, anyway, long story short, the Lord, you know, and people that heard that episode know the story, but the Lord showed me depths of joy in this little uh, encounter that I had where I was riding a dolphin in the river of living water with him. And he takes me to a happiness level. And then he takes me to a contentment and beauty level. And he takes me all the way down to joy at the depth of the, the waters where you can't see anything anymore. And he's belly laughing. Mm. It's the holy laughter. And mm. When holy laughter hits people, he's healing them. So it's so interesting that you mentioned that about joy, that it, that, when she got the joy place, her leg was healed. I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, it was amazing. And joy does heal because it was authentic and uh, holy inside of her because Mm -hmm. the motivation of her heart was pure. He wanted that healing. I mean, if somebody is on the fence and doesn't believe and doesn't trust and all of the negatives that go with that mindset, I have never seen something like that happen to that type of person who is blocked in their heart still and has not received the deliverance and this with this lady she was it was so pure and so loving and she wanted that deliverance so so much that bam it just happened and uh and she'd been working a lot of homework with me and a lot of different meetings over the course of just a couple months when this particular part of it happened and it was amazing I mean, you know that God and only God that could be doing these kinds of things when a dear friend of mine who has the most tragic life story that I've ever heard, raised in the Illuminati, abused and and sold into slavery at the age of three, mm. abused her entire life, was able to, because of Jesus showing her his love and healing and reframing everything in her life for her in a way that brought healing and power that she was able to pray for her parents' salvation. Oh, hallelujah. Able to forgive them and her heart wanted to see them in heaven. You know, that's definitely progress. I mean, that could never be made by a secular counselor that how to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit because only God can heal at those levels. And like you said earlier, everything else is a Band-Aid. Yeah, that's the only way I could describe it. Really feel. Well, I also wanted to add something to what you just said about um, your friend, that she was able to pray for her family's, or I think her parents' salvation. Mm-hmm. I believe that that happened at such a deep level inside of her, that it was a holy decision on her part, oh, yeah. and that she felt it and tasted it and wanted it for them that level that that young lady had reached uh was pretty incredible a lot of people it would behoove a lot of people to increase their relationship with the lord get much closer to the lord so that you can pray that at those levels and so those type of miracles do happen right and it is about your abiding isn't it i mean the more the more time you spend with the lord the more you trust his voice the more you can believe him He's believable because, you know, it's like anything you trust people that you, that you like, and that you know, you can count on. And, and if you spend that much time with Jesus, which is what this podcast is all about, teaching people how to do that and see him, Mm -hmm. make him real for you. The more you have relationships like, 
that and experiences and memories that you build with him in each of these kinds of areas, the the more he has access to your heart to be able to transform oh, you and heal yes. you. And like you said, in her life, uh, he not only transformed her, but he transformed her parents by her, through her, kind of. Maybe she was a conduit for that. Yeah, well, uh, I know for a fact that her mom will be in heaven. I'm not sure about dad, but those are his choices. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, uh, he's they're both they're both gone now. But we'll you know, she'll find out when she gets her. But that was not on her whether they were going to make that choice or not. But it was just her heart that they would, you know. Mm-hmm. So we're winding down here. Is there anything else you'd like to say before I, I mean, in addition to how people can contact you, but is there any other, any other thing you wanted to share before that, that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet? Actually, I wanted to say that I would love to connect with each and every one of you here listening to this great podcast. If you need targeted prayer for your situation, because now you, now you know that I understand and I've walked in your shoes or if you'd like a free consultation, or if you want information on my programs, I just want you to feel comfortable to reach out to me. You can friend request me on Facebook or uh, message me, or I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, and you can join my Facebook group. It's a very intimate group with a lot of love. It's called Christian Women Overcomers. Or, of course, you could visit me at my website, which is SherryLynnCounseling.com. We will have some of those links, Christian Women Overcomers on yes. Facebook. SherryLynnCounseling.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sherry. It's been wonderful to get to know you as well. After we hang up here, we will have a Jesus experience as a result. So stick around. Amen. Thank you again, Dr. Patty. You're quite welcome. I asked Jesus what he had to say about toxic cycles of behavior, and he reminded me to share what he had to say when I was doing the episode on the skeptic's conundrum about why tragic and sad things happen to people. And this is what he said. I never promised that this life would be a smooth road or pain-free or easy. In fact, I promised that this life would be challenging. John 16.33 said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have found perfect peace. In the world you will have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous, be confident, undaunted, be filled with joy. For I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished, my victory abiding. In fact, he said, an unchallenged life is an unblessed life. Because without pain and suffering, you would never drop to your knees and seek me. I do promise that I will be there for you, and I will never leave or forsake you. I'm findable, knowable, and fully capable of meeting every need you have, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I died and was resurrected to gain you direct access to the Father to restore what was lost by Adam and Eve's curse. I gained victory over sin in the grave and then sent the Holy Spirit as your ever-present guide to lead you to a life of great signs, wonders, and miracles, an eternal life that begins at the moment you accept me as your Savior and extends forever. You must choose these blessings to receive them. All people are imperfect. Do not look at my followers as the standard of Christianity. Look to me. 
The enemy wants you to believe that I'm distant, powerless, uncaring, and cruel. But that is not who I am. Seek me, and you will find me, and then you will know for yourself who I am. Ask me about your heartbreaks, sickness, and pain. Allow me to give you my perspective and heal your broken heart and body. True spirit-led believers are my hands and feet. I work through them to alleviate pain and suffering. Have you ever seen an atheist create a soup kitchen for the homeless? No. It's everyday folks reflecting my love who do those things. I can't do it for you without you partnering and agreeing with me and allowing the servants for whom I have put in your path to give you some aid. And then I asked him about the toxic cycles. And this is what he said. I can reach the depths of your soul and bring you safely into your promised land. You can bless many people when you are free of your toxic cycle bondages. You need to believe me and allow me to show you the way to that healing. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.com shop. And remember the code EJPOD to receive 10% off everything, even the stuff already on sale. And remember, they make great gifts too. Thank you for blessing me by your prayers and for being a listener to this podcast. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. After you've spent some time with Jesus in the special place for a while, enjoying him and playing with him, ask him to show you where, if at all, you have allowed toxic cycles to rob you of the life he died for you to have. Ask him to show you the one step you need to take today to step forward and allow him to begin the healing process. And if you are not a person who is living in a toxic cycle relationship, but you know someone who is, ask the Lord to show you the perfect prayer that you can pray to help them take the step they need to get out of that bondage. Make sure you record it all in your journal and make sure you obey that one step. I hope you learned today that God is big enough to handle any sort of toxic cycle lifestyle circumstance and that he is accessible and available to help you heal at the deepest level. And I hope you learned that there is hope even if you are in a dark place and we pray for you to find that hope and Jesus's healing power. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. 
Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.